behind us. Are we recording? Hello, 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 and welcome to the Painted Red Quarterly Slush Pile. We're so excited to be here today and so excited that you're listening. Our um, editorial process is about to become transparent to you uh, as we discuss submissions from our very own Slush Pile and share our conversation with you. Um, so, who is the we? I'll start with me, Kathleen Volk Miller, here in the studio at Drexel University in Philadelphia. And I'm happy to say that at sharing the table with me is Addison Davis. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Hello, Addison. How you doing? Hi. I have been up for about five hours now. Wow, what I happened? Had, I was an idiot and had a cup of coffee at like nine o'clock last night. What is, and we even uh, saw each other. You were drinking beer at seven, dude. <laughs> I had to stay up to finish out the Watchmen that... I did not see on uh, uh, Sunday. Well, well, uh, yeah, that's important. Uh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How, and- how was it? Was it worth it? Are you like? Oh yeah, definitely. Are you like? I'm tired, but I accomplished something real. Uh, I also <laughs> I did make use of my time this morning and went for a run. That was oh very nice. Tough because that happened oh, since before Thanksgiving. You can breathe in that cold air. The cold, cold air doesn't hurt I, you. I go to the Drexel gym. Oh, good for you. Good deal good for, for alumni. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. And Jason, I'm going to tell on you. I, I know for uh-huh. a fact that Jason's uh, in his jammies. I am. I'm in my jammies. I was. We were up really late last night, um, and I was like, I don't know how many. I like. I was in bed and I was like, Is there a podcast? I have to go find out. And then there was a podcast, so I'm here. But yeah, no, I was up really late last night. Uh, it was. It was the. It was the open mic at KGB. So I was out really late anyway. And it was just like it was nice. great. I know you were up really late because they're like, like noon my time. I'm yeah. Emails from you. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Who was at KGB last night? Well, it was the open mic. So I, I uh, co-host um, KG, Monday Nights at KGB, which is a 22-year-old series that David Lehman and Star Black started. But uh, no one ever wants to read um, the, the Monday after Thanksgiving or the Monday after AWP. So we do an open mic. And then whoever wins the open mic um, gets to attach themselves to one of the readings in the next season. And, but we had great people. Anthony Capo was there, and Mark Jepson was there, and Leslie Contreras Schwartz was there. And, like, we, had, we actually had like, some really amazing group of people um, who were awesome. Really we're we're big fans of Mara Jebson's work. So I'm glad to hear she was there. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And when I say we, I mean PBQ. We've been publishing her for years. Yay, Mara Jebson. Uh, why don't you also say who we is, Mayor? We are who we Hi. are. Who we is. So so we is we is Marion talking into a big Yeti microphone sitting in her living room in, in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's National Day weekend here in Abu Dhabi. So all the buildings are lit up and sparkling. And um, the Emiratis love a laser light show, which is really very cool to see from afar, except for the laser lights are set up to shoot directly into our apartment. On the I love floor. it. And we don't have curtains, so I feel like a fucking cat chasing a laser beam and or like I'm having seizures. Pick you don't one. have curtains? No. <laughs> not yet. We, we'll get there. We'll get there. But like, not, do, not does the curtains. sun just wake you up? Like, you, you can never sleep yeah. when it's sunny? It's, 
It's beautiful, Jason. The sun comes up and you can, I, I watch it when it crosses the horizon. I mean, it's just a spectacular view. And I'm high enough that I'm hoping, you know, no, nobody on the street can see my naked ass in the morning. So, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> what time does the sun rise? Uh, it's, are you going to check on the phone and tell me whether I'm lying to you or not? No, I no. promise I won't. Weather. <laughs> yeah, we're going to believe I, you. Just when you say I, I talk about the weather, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you pretend so I, I've been getting up at 6.30 and then the sun is up by 7, right? And so like in, or maybe a little after, maybe a little after 7, it's it's up. But that's funny because that's about what time we are. Right now we're just yeah. after 7. Yeah, we're, I think we're right on the same sort of like, what is that? Latitude, longitude, latitude. Circadian rhythm. I'm not on the same circadian mm-hmm. rhythm as you. I know that much. <laughs> this woman, when we travel together, she opens the blinds. She <laughs> opens true. the hotel dark drapery. Right. You and know? then I yell at you with like blinking lights in the room. I'm like, turn off. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like when you make me coffee and read me poetry. Sometimes That's she wakes me up gently in that manner. Yeah, but mostly I'm just a cheerful maniac, um, which is a terrible segue to Samantha. Hey, Sam, where are you? I I am in Dubai right now and enjoying the last day of our of our holiday. Um, and I'm excited to talk about poetry. Yay! Oh, well, that's a great segue to the poems. Yay! <laughs> we have three. We have three poems today, all written by James Pollock, and we are so grateful that he is allowing us to um, share them here with you right now. Uh, who's gonna read? I'll read. Yay! Ceiling fan. Okay, so this is James Pollock, ceiling fan. Seen from below, a white five-petal flower. In fact, an artist whose medium is air, who combs it with these pale palette knives hour on hour, stirring the room and taking care to keep this slow whirlpool in circulation. It gives you the chills like an erotic spouse. If you increase the speed of its rotation, it starts to imagine it could lift the house. Nice. Well Well read. (laughs) I love the study of the ceiling fan. Right? Just the slow contemplation of this device. Yeah. It's a delight. The palette knives was such a nice, like, it was like, oh, yeah. The, the mm-hmm. ceiling fan petals look like, uh, yeah, I, I I love all of the ways in which it sort of estranges the ceiling fan and you see it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's an artist and an erotic spouse. Well, I, I did have a moment with erotic spouse. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, spouse, like... Is there is there an anti-erotic spouse or like I mean, I'm sure there's lots of non-erotic spouses. I I don't know. Like I, was that, did, it, was, did anyone else have like a pause on like, on like the, the marriage of, of erotic spouses? Totally, I 100 did, but I actually loved it, right? Because it's sort of like this taken for granted device that's actually really fucking beautiful, right? If you look carefully at it, but you just don't, right? Right. <laughs> And so there, I think that juxtaposition kind of is, is a surprise in a good way, right? Well, what, what you were missing in the studio is people in here who may or may not have had non-erotic spouses. <laughs> <laughs> or may or may 
All I'm saying, all I'm saying, we should do this on video for sure. <laughs> um, and then, and then the ceiling fan gets personified and even like transmogrified to some kind of super, super powered thing that can lift the house. That I thought was beautiful. It starts to imagine it could lift the house. Yeah. I but I I'm reminded Kathy of your gym. Don't don't you have a gym that you go to with big ass fans? That is the brand name of the fan. Yes indeed. Big ass fans. Wait, that's well. That's actually what they're called. That is literally yeah. the brand name. Yes, big ass. You're allowed to copyright big ass? I guess so. They did. They're very, very big. It's a chain. It's a chain called The Edge. Uh, there there are lots of places. Ed, the Edge Fitness uses big ass fans. <laughs> and they're, you know, imagine a gym. Like, you know, they're, they're right. huge. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> They're huge and they work wonderfully and I bet they can lift the gym. I whenever I'm working out underneath a big ass fan, I feel so much more energized and cooler. Like it really it really enhances um my workouts. I I can lift more. Um I thought there was gonna be a sponsor us. Really good. <laughs> sponsors but um no and that that's actually my favorite line i love i love it starts to imagine it could lift the house um, yeah. i mean the rhythm is the rhythm is gorgeous it's totally on point and then um just like the 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 fan kind of like having this daydream of it, about being a helicopter uh-huh right <laughs> uh, everybody has their dreams even the even the fan <laughs> I, Although I, I hate to break it to the ceiling fan, but without a rotor, it's just going to spin uncontrollably. Like you'll just counter spin. It would like it would it would be a total disaster. It wouldn't work. Oh, uh, like, like a kind of like a spouse, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I snarfed a little coffee there. Yeah. <laughs> the kind of the it in the last two lines are referring to the ceiling fan, but I also like thinking of that it as applied to the spouse or the spousal mm-hmm. situation between the two people. Uh-huh. Uh, and kind of like, you know, if you start paying attention, maybe if you do pay attention all the time to the mundane, uh, and the eroticness of the mundane. I mean, you could literally lift the house or lift the domestic part of you. Like you can be transported in a way that actually like might not be productive for every day. So there's this like necessariness too for you to like appreciate your spouse and the ceiling fan in this like special way, but also like not always to be that way. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love especially too, look at it, like the first line, seen from below, right? Which you know puts you on your back. And if you're thinking about like erotic spouses in spousal positions, there's a kind of funny, funny, funny situation there. I don't know that that's in the, in the, in the gist of the poem though. Hey, listen, Jason, since you're our like form guy, Right. Uh-huh. Can you say a little bit about the form here? I mean, it's a you know two four line stanzas. It's got a lovely rhyme scheme. 
is this a thing? Is this like a, does it have a name or is it I a, think it's a ballad stanza, uh, um, ABAB. Yeah. And um, I think it's basic, it's 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 a really nice ambient pentameter, um, which right. always kind of has variation. So even though the beginning scene is a stressed syllable, right? Scene from below, a white five petal flower. Oh no, I guess mm-hmm. it's, it's actually trochaic there. Um, right. In fact, an artist whose medium is air, and then it moves back to. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because I was actually wondering about that because the the, the I, um, some people are bothered by this terminology, but the masculine and feminine rhymes, part, like, shouldn't quite work, but they do. Um, so, like, a feminine rhyme is when the preceding the sorry, uh, a feminine rhyme is when the. <sighs> Penultimate syllables are stressed, so like flower and power, um, or sower and mower. And usually you're not supposed to have, and, and so a masculine rhyme would be like air and care, where it's just the last syllable is stressed. But something like flower and hour works really well. Oh, because it's a diphthong, that's why it works. Um, yeah. And yeah. circulation, imitation, and spousal notes. Okay, so I, I thought there was something that I was, I was missing, but no, it, it's... Um, it's a ballad stanza in a um, roughly iambic line, yeah. and and the but the really critical piece is that the um, usually when you when you hear the sort of the impact of rhyme, it's actually the impact mm-hmm. of the meter. Um, it's actually the rhythm kind of delivering you to the expected moment, rather than the kind of rhyme itself kind of making that chime. Oh, that's um, cool. But it, it, the the meter is is done really well, and so like erotic spouse is necessary because you need that. Um, uh, you need the unstressed syllables in because erotic spouse lift the house. Like that's how you kind of get to those really nice kind of closures. Uh-huh. Although, so I'm still not on board with the word erotic, the meaning of the word erotic, but I, I will say that the rhythm is quite nice. <laughs> um, I keep thinking about what a great poem this will be to teach because you could say this is how you write about something that you see every day like make a poem out of a ceiling fan right and this is how you rhyme without being rhymy right that's I guess that's it too like it sneaks up on you that it's that carefully organized and crafted and then at the end when you say when you start to see the formality of it it's like oh yeah he's been doing that since the first syllable it was only when we got to house that I realized it was rhyming yeah. Very last word. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. But also, look at the way he cuts the line break at hour on hour. Because um, there's this very strong enjambment in the third line yeah. that prevents you from falling into... Because if it were all end-stopped, then you would have that kind of sense of sing-song. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but by cutting it at hour, right, who comes it with these pale palette knives hour on hour, where you kind of get this slight pause... But mm-hmm. um, it really kind of drives forward through that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's part of where it, it's able to kind of be. That that's where it's doing something like really, really interesting, and kind of working back against the syntax in a way that's really smart, or working working the um, rhythm against the syntax in a way that doesn't become sing song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So this slushies is the sound of us all looking back at the poem now and reciting it in our heads. <laughs> I think we're ready to vote. I move okay. we vote. I vote we vote. 
I vote. I, I, I vote. vote. A thumbs up on voting. We, we've been trying to use Robert's rules of order in my department. And like we get into these like weird conversations <laughs> where it's like, wait, do we have to move on voting and then move, vote on the motion to vote on the vote? <laughs> so we're like, ah, everyone's confused now. <laughs> no one knows what's happening anymore. Um. All right. Well, let's flip some thumbs then and make it easy. Let's just do it. You ready? One, two, three, vote. Joe's count off the tags, and it's unanimous. Woohoo! Yay, Dylan can. Do you guys remember Robert Pinsky's first things to hand when that was like the big thing that everyone was reading? No. And it was just like he, it, Robert Pinsky had this chapbook in, I guess, the very late 90s. And it was called First Things to Hand. And it was um, about things on his desk. And I just oh, remember nice. like, like the third or fourth poem was like, my other hand. And it was, it was, it was, it was great. It was, it was like, you know, this moment of like, like sort of Aww. finding the magic in the quotidian. And then it was like, and even yeah. me, like I'm here on the desk too. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about that a lot when I was reading through um, uh, James's poems and the way that they're, they're kind of taking these things that we often take for granted and kind of re revivifying them with the strange. Well, how funny you should say that. The next poem has a desk and body parts on a desk. Did you plan this, Jason? Did you plan it? Does that does that mean I volunteered to read it? I think you you <laughs> must. You certainly must. All right, here we go. Spectacles. Arms folded on the desk. They're skeptical, aloof. They have their own way of seeing things that is slightly off. Not magical, exactly, but somehow fascinating in the way they bend the world. If not to their will, at least away from the world's will. If the world may be said to have one. True visions achieved through speculative skill. Nicely read, Jason. And I guess the thing that I love about this is how arms folded on the desk may or may not be human, right? Oh, I thought it was definitely the glasses. I only read it as the glasses. Right? They're skeptical, aloof, right? It's just, it's just the arms of the glasses. Because I, I love the way the glass, and, and again, like like this sort of, I mean, with the first poem, and I know it's always a little unfair to read people's work yeah. against their own work, but that's that's how that's how poetry careers work, right? I mean, ultimately, like <laughs> you're reading Frank Bedard's work against Frank Bedard's other work. Um, no, I, I loved I love the way this kind of gets right into the inner life of the glasses. With the ceiling fan, it wasn't until the very, very end that the ceiling fan kind of had its own internal life and desire. Yeah. And in this one, they're kind of, it's it's right, it's much earlier, right? They're skeptical in the very first line with their like folded arms being like, meh. Yeah. I'm seeing so something I'm- that you're not seeing. <laughs> you know what? I love that you said it because it's also, what's cool about it, it's not necessarily like a first person personification of glasses, right? It's this like, third observational imagining what the you know what I mean like that that move to imagine the perspective really is delightful and I and it just reminds me of like a shit ton of sociology um about the like the social life of things right like how things move through cultures how things are created like used possessed and dispossessed and yeah 
it's just lovely to see it unfolding here. And again, in another tightly crafted two stanza poem, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like, really like the last line, uh, true visions yes. achieved through speculative skill. That's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's literally what glasses do, but it's also a, a, like human perception. It's mm-hmm. and yeah, we build this whole world around us and we're not even sure if it's real, Yeah, but it's true to us. True. This is what Jason and I fight about all the time. Uh, I was just going to say, Addison, you're starting to fight. You're starting to fight. <laughs> morning, Addison. Morning. I didn't you know do not I know where you just trod. But Addison, I just want to be clear that you're entering on my side of the fight. <laughs> I'm more than arms reach so. away from Kathy right now. <laughs> think so he was exactly saying what i said that what we're seeing is not even real oh um (laughs) what is this fight well he he might have been agreeing with you but i thought that if i claimed him (laughs) he would believe that he was on my side no i I am that impressionable but i can't even remember the number but there's something like something like we 60% of what we think is our reality is not even our reality. That's how much of our own perceptions and preconceived ideas we bring into everything, every move we make. And he flipped out at the number and said, I did. I was like, that is unquantifiable. (laughs) I was like, the 60% number is not true. (laughs) We'll have to. You higher or lower? Wait, it's unquantifiable. I don't know. Maybe it's thirty for you. Maybe it's seventy for me. Maybe there's no there's no objectometer that you can plug into and find out what your number is. Darling, darling, darling. There are people who study this. Are we going to fight again? Yes. I think we're going. All right, let's Here we stop. Go. Let's stop. No, let's talk about. We'll the stop. We'll poem. come back to James Pollock. This is so he's done the same. I, I, I love that we've just invented the objectometer. Come on, this is like fucking brilliant, right? So it's that last stanza that that really kind of points at the objectometer, right? Right. Uh, if not to their will, at least away from the world's will, if the world may say maybe may said to have one, right? True visions achieved through speculative skill. So brilliant the way that sort of tumbles into yeah, its argument. That's really beautiful. Objectometer. Better than the assometer. I was just oh, gonna God. say that. We don't need to bring that back. With those those memories that. can stay in the past. They are. We 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 have evolved. Although, um, listen, I do have to say this, it's so wrong for me to say this, but I have to say I'm gonna say it really quickly. Does anybody watching Letter Kenny the the Canadian. Only the first two episodes. Okay. It was very yeah. funny. Yes, it's so freaking good. And they played. What is Letter it? Kenny? It's called Letter Kenny. Just smash up, like, mail a letter. And Kenny, like the first name, Letter Kenny. It's the name of a town in Canada. And there is this brilliant series that has been uh, huge in Canada. And now it's making, it's made its way to America. And it's bizarre as F and hysterical and they played ball or dink. <gasps> sorry. No. Sorry, 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 sorry. I couldn't believe it. No. Yes, yes, yes. Samantha, Samantha, off air, I'll explain, I'll explain dicker ball. Don't explain it's it off like, air. There, there was a certain component <laughs> in PBQ 
uh, uh, team on the PBQ team who enjoyed that sport very much. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, yes. I've never but lost. They did not call it dink. They did not call it I've dink. I've never lost that game. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> all right, all right. I think it's great if we don't explain it. No, let's just, uh, Sam, off air. I'll, My imagination is <laughs> running wild. Yeah, that I'll just, explain it. I, I'll explain it when, when, when Joe shuts the recorder off. And he right. better and not. We, we, should, we should actually, we should have a contest where the slushies should tell us what they think that game is. <laughs> and whoever comes up with the best version that we actually want to play. Come on, um, they're, they're all we'll on win. the internet. They'll look it up. <laughs> is it, but I don't think it's a real thing. Babe, I, I, I never like, thought it was a real thing I, until I saw it in Letter Kenny. They play it in Canada. Oh, they played it on the show. 60% of what we know, we don't know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Jason, this goes back to Shaper Hall, circa I don't know what. And Shaper Hall's version of the universe includes Dicker Ball. I'm just saying. I thought it came from Dan Nestor. Did that come I from Schaefer? I thought Schaefer? it was Dan Nestor, too. It might have been Dan, but it was Dan and Schaefer who who turned it into a regular pastime. Right. <laughs> All right. Well. And back to spectacles. Arms folded on the desk. They're skeptical, aloof. They have their own way of seeing things that is slightly off. Not magical exactly, but somehow fascinating in the way they bend the world. If not to their will, at least away from the world's will. If the world may said to be have to have one, true visions achieved through speculative skill. That's I just want to say I really like um, kind of the the consonants that's happening here, and like like the word spectacles, skeptical, speculative for me. Like those first four letters of those words, like how. If you're not paying attention, you can almost interchange them a little bit. But, you know, the meanings are are different. They have different um, entomologies and, and meanings, but they all just kind of work together really nicely in this poem. I love that, right? If you're not paying attention, you'd miss them. I think that's true. It really speaks to the to the tongue and grooveness of this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to our subjective realities. True. I said tongue and groove, and we were talking Dick Ball. I'm just saying. It's reality. It's not subjective. <laughs> but uh, but yes. look, look, look at how truths differ. Marion thinks it was Schaefer Hall. Jason and I think it was Dan Nestor. Right? True. If either one of us wrote a book about the history of PBQ, we could have a different reality. In Marion's reality. What is it? Memory has its own story to tell. That's it. And, and spectacles do tell. Um, I like the uh, Louise Bourgeois uh, uh, quote, um, memory is, is architecture. I think that's oh, great. Oh, uh-huh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I love that. She's so smart. <laughs> Guys, are we already ready to vote again? I'm telling you, James Pollock, what have you done to us? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Flipping let's do thumbs, it. flipping thumbs, hashtag flipping okay. thumbs here. One, <laughs> two, three, <laughs> vote. <laughs> We're waiting. We're waiting. <laughs> And oh, it's in. Yay. Okay. Yay. Woo, woo, woo. Ba-boom. Ba-boom. Two for two, James Pollock. And James Pollock in the house. <laughs> and, and what's number three? What's up next? 
shower. All right. I can read unless someone else wants to. No, Sam, do it, do it. Okay. Shower. Consider the magic weather of the shower. It makes a cool or warm and private rainfall in your home when and how you want it with power. Moreover, to keep more or less all else dry. Such sorcery comes to one who knows what this lovely spirit of the spring desires one to do. First, take off your clothes, then step inside her cone of rain and sing. Nice. I sort of missed the, you know, the the way in which the inner life kind of came out. Maybe it's too much to ask every single time, but I sort of missed, you know, kind of knowing the shower's secret desire. Mm. First take off your clothes and step inside her cone of rain. But she doesn't, it's not that she's telling you to do this. It's not that, you know, the shower is like yeah. sort of yeah. excited about getting all over you. It's just sort of the <laughs> thing you do <laughs> when you step in. And the shower yeah, is not, not the water. The, right. Well, that, yeah, and and it isn't in the poem either. It's what the spring yeah. desires one to do. It's not about the water. It is the shower. Right? It just desires yeah. you to take the action. It's not raising the house. It's not. Yeah, it's more passive, right? This object is more passive than the spectacles or the. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's unfair to want everything to be as as perfect as that ceiling fan dreaming about lifting the house. But here we go. We've had this conversation on the show before, and it happens in real life. Like we have three poems by the same person, and they are all. I hate. uh, There's no way this is a formula. I don't want to say they're the same formula, but they follow a pattern. They follow. You know, they they work in the same manner. And if we had read this one first. You know, that there's a different kind of beauty and, and art here for me. Yeah. Although uh, I will say with power is kind of the yep. first sort of yep. form fail for me. Like, yep. and how you want it with power just feels like a little tacked on to hit the rhyme. Mm. And I hadn't felt that anywhere else. I'm with you, Jason. It lands hard, right? It's, um, but then again, it. If I, if I read past that, I do love the tumble of the rest of it. So it makes a cooler, warm, and private rainfall in your home when, when and how you want it with power, moreover, to keep more or less all else dry. Like there's a, I don't know, like this sort of um, homespun wisdom, you know, sort of in assessment of the shower. But technically, the way it sits in line three, it does feel like a, a bit of a clunk. You know, and that's, I mean, clunk might be too strong, right? But it just, it's no, it calls attention to it, the form in a way the other ones didn't. Right. But it's not, it's not quite as seamlessly structured. I mean, one yeah. of the things that um, happens in form is that it makes the language feel so inevitable and you just have this yeah. sense that there's no other way it could be. And here you, you don't have that sense uh-huh. with yeah. just with that little moment of with power. But you know what I think he does really well in this one mm-hmm. that was probably in the others, but I'm really noticing it here. All the internal, the the sounds that flow so nicely, such sorcery, spirit of spring, off clothes, right? All these cone, all the sounds that get clustered. Maybe make up for the craft we lose with power. Yeah. 
or there was an or part too, more or less sorcery. Yeah, I, I know sorcery didn't work for me as well because again, it like sort of um, like I mean, one, I am I am completely obsessed with tap water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really serious. Like, I'm really obsessed with tap water. Why? That's the most New York be- thing I've ever heard. <laughs> because it's like we are gods. I mean, you just turn on a faucet and you have water that it's runs out at the temperature the you want speaking. it. Like, I mean, the, the I, I, tap water is this incredible invention that you know, and and you can't do it alone. Like tap water is this fantastic. I mean, if you want to talk about all of the ways in which humans like work together to get something right and wonderful, like tap water is for me like the metonym. Um, no, I'm completely obsessed with tap water and like and places like Flint where you know it fails or or where you know it falls apart. Um, you know, it, it you you end up you know having to go back to the well. I mean, it, it, you you sort of slip back to some like biblical monster time um but no and but so sorcery just felt like a little like i i sort of wanted more than that like because it's already magical to me um like i wanted i wanted that kind of inner it's um it it didn't feel like it was it was bringing that much to me that i don't already think about showers Mm. and there you go speaking from your perception (laughs) which is 60 percent real Sixty percent hot, so it's sort of like a lukewarm reality. I, I think my reality is a hundred percent hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so I want to come back to that, though, right? So consider the magic weather of the showers. The first line, so the first line, and the second stanza, such sorcery. So it points back right? Um, tightly, beautifully, it's this, like the basket weave of this poem, as Kathy pointed out, it's both like, you know, not only the end rhymes, but this sort of internal play. And as Sam pointed out earlier in the other poems, the consonants, the assonance, like it's really carefully crafted. Um, yeah. But in this one, I can see the craft, right? Now I say that also kind of loving the charm of paying attention to the shower as creating weather like at our fingertips so that does kind of get at the godness that jason's talking about right um but by calling it magic twice it's kind of telling me this specialness you know um so i i I do i think i come away from this like loving the idea of it craving a little bit more edginess but you know also loving now that i take a shower and and i stall with the rain shower remembering how ridiculously privileged that is right, when you're you know, doing it in the desert right i know right it's bonkers straight so when you're talking to i was gonna say so yesterday i was in a place called um jazaret alhamra which in arabic means the red island and i was in a village um that you know has been occupied um since the the 1400s and i was walking through kind of the the old houses uh the the remains of them and there were just these wells and it was just looking down into like that darkness and only be able to see like maybe these glints of um plastic bottles and other things that have been thrown down there and knowing Mm -hmm. now that like these are rubbish kind of 
receptacles and they used to be like life-giving uh, <laughs> was kind uh, of wild yeah, to think yeah. of like this staying power of like some human inventions and like others that you know we've bypassed and something like creating these irrigation systems and these the taps and the showers I mean it's just like what Jason was saying like I, I was I'm like already so wowed by it mm-hmm. that I, I want I want a little bit more I think well you know what I think this does too though just to you know uh defend it for a second the interactivity is just different with this one for sure Mm -hmm. the sorcery comes to one who knows you get to be magic because you know how to turn on the magic shower and you know you know you know what to do right take off your clothes and sing the the source such sorcery comes to you because you have privilege to use this magic kind of like that too it's true it's interesting too for me. Something I do like about it is this this idea of stepping inside her cone of rain and singing because I think something modern, a modern type of sorcery related to the shower is just like the fact that it is a moment to be disconnected. And I know that doesn't play really into this poem, but I'm interested in like the evolving nature of sorcery itself. Like certain kind of magic is not like really considered we're not wowed by it in the same way anymore, but I think shower still offers us this like place for solitude. Yeah. And so I think that yeah. that's, that's not it too. in that last bit, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Private rainfall, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a Stevie Nicks song. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> and you do sing like Stevie Nicks if you want to when you're in the shower by yourself. Mm-hmm. You sound just like her. At least I do. I don't know about you all. <laughs> well, you, 60% sound like her. And then 40% is the, uh, is the fantasy of being Stevie Nicks. <laughs> well, she's, you need to know I can't sing. I, can't. I couldn't hold a note in a bathtub. <laughs> and I have a really big shower. You guys all know. Most, many of you here know that you could fit three people in my tub. Oh, you I, have the most amazing shower. And I have two shower heads. Oh, that, my God. Uh, it's fantastic. And one of them yeah. is actually called a rainfall thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. I, I do covet the um, I dated someone a long time ago who had multiple shower heads in the shower. That's nice. Uh, it's it wonderful. Really it's like being nice. in a car wash. <laughs> it just comes at you from everywhere. It's super nice. <laughs> yeah, we can make a lot of jokes um, there, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> taking notes here should we vote are we do we do you want to keep talking about this or are we like i think i think i'm ready to vote okay yeah let's do it yeah okay okay one two three vote okay this didn't make it so oh wow two two out of three is, is not bad great well, thank you, James Pollock. That's an, an amazing cluster of poems that you shared. I'm so pleased that they're coming into PBQ, coming at us from everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it, Marianne. <laughs> now, does anybody, do you, do you guys uh, want to talk about 
what you're reading or thinking about or anything and be like esoteric? Or can I tell you about the fact that I named I named a blend of coffee yesterday? Oh, tell us about the name of the blend of coffee. Can I, can I tell you about a shower story? A shower oh, yes. story? Sure, sure. Yours is more appropriate. Okay. Mine's Yeah, but I want to hear the story about the coffee then. All right. All right. Mine's very quick, very, very quick. So it's, it's national day here. And I was lucky enough to go to an Emirati festival called, oh my God, what's it called? It was called like legacy of our ancestors. And so imagine in a stadium, it's a little bit like um, somewhere between the Super Bowl and a down home 4th of July show. Right. So you've got like a cast of characters, adults and children, you know, doing these like tableaus. And it's really like this beautiful propaganda and spirit of the nation kind of stuff. And after about like 15 minutes of this story of Arab poetry is the spirit of a young girl and P.S. slushies. You know, in the U.S., it might be hard to be a poet, but poetry is beloved in this region. Like it, we don't have to make an argument for its legitimacy here. A. B, they had a boat on the stage and to signify the storm, they had the storm coming out of the prow, right? Like, or the mast, that's what it was. They had like a, a, a boat set up with a mast and the, and where the, um, I guess where the sail would have been, they had it rigged with showers. So the rain was coming down in force, but inside the boat, it was like the creepiest, most wonderfully apt, special magic shower <laughs> <laughs> to indicate a storm. So I get wow. that. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. So now coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Collingswood cash day happened, which I won't take up your time in explaining what that is, but so this Cashing? day ca- Collingswood cash, you, uh, you, you tie up your money, you turn your money into Collingswood money. Oh, you, you, okay. Yeah. And Got you, it. every, every 50 gets you 20. So you making 40% on the dollar. It's kind of psycho. So a hundred dollars you get, you give them a hundred dollars of real actual government money and right. they give you back 140 of Collingswood dollars. Collingswood right, dollars. right, right, yes. right. So you do make a boatload, if, and if you are willing to spend your money in Collingswood, it's very smart. And anyway, this uh, this uh, newer of the coffee shops in town uh, donated coffee, and it was delicious. And so the following weekend, I uh, popped in there after the town parade. Yes, I do live in that kind of town. And um, I said, hey, are you, is this bag of your blend what you were giving it cash day? And they said, no, we made a special blend. And I was like, oh. And I thought, hmm, why would you do that? Right? Wouldn't you sell the one you want people to run in and buy like I am trying to right now? So then I thought I would give them another shot. And I went back in and yesterday morning and I thought of you so hard, Mary, because it reminded me of the kind of situation that you and I would, would walk into. Like I walked in and the guy was immediately, we can do this and we have pour over and we have this sort of blend and we have these immersed in blah, blah, blah. And how would you like that French press pour over? You know, I was like, oh my God. Like it was so overwhelming. At, but I... uh I went for the one that was uh, coffee beans immersed in Maker's Mark because oh! it was like, yes. you know, eight yes. o'clock on a Monday and it was being offered to me. So I was like, yes. I think I have no choice but to have the Maker's Mark coffee to start off my week. 
And so I sat down and, and, and for some reason he was like, here, have this muffin on the house. And I was like, oh, where is Marion? And then I asked them again about the, the other coffee and the woman remembered how she had made it. She said, I could actually make that up for you. And I said, great. I just live around the corner. And she goes, oh, you're our neighbor? I said, yes, I'm your neighbor. And then she roasted it while I graded papers. And then when she went to label it, she said, I think we should sell this. Maybe we should sell this. And I said, I think you definitely should sell it. I think a lot of people were remarking of how delicious it was. And she goes, oh, my gosh, what should we call it? And the man said, you're our neighbor. And I went, oh. Won't you be my neighbor? And they oh were like, God. what? And then they were like, oh wait God. a minute. Wait a minute. That's a little too long. How about be my neighbor? And I went, you guys, I'm from Pittsburgh. <laughs> and they were like, done. <laughs> and so now there is a blend of coffee being sold, a cup of bliss in Collingswood, New Jersey, New Jersey called Be My Neighbor. So Very cool. Well done. Uh, Cup, of bliss. Cup of Bliss is such a great name. Yeah. And, right? What a great name for a coffee shop. And Be My Neighbor. It, Kathleen, it's so perfect because are you still going to get your tattoo? Yes. Wait, what? the tattoo? I'm, I'm getting a tattoo, which is my father's handwriting. And the number is 143 which is how Mr. Rogers communicated his love for his children when he didn't want to embarrass them. He would go, one, four, three. Bye, Scotty. One, four, three. So as not to embarrass him. And he somehow kept his weight at exactly that, no matter what was happening in his life. He was even freaked out by the fact that he stayed 143, which seems light. Like, he is not a tiny man, but I don't know. One, four, three was what his weight was. But KVM, explain what the one, four, three is. Oh, oops, I didn't say that part. It means no. it means I love you. That's how he would tell his kids I love you. One, four, three. It's American. Wait, wait, how, right? how do you get to one four like I is one, love letters. is four, and three is you. Yeah, it's, oh. it's American. Oh, oh, it's the number of letters. It's the number of letters in each word. What show? Yep. It's American Sign Language. It's American Sign Language for I Love You. Nice. So I'm going to get the, you know, my dad is writing, I'm going to have the words one, four, three, so that there's more of his handwriting than the numbers. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyway. Where are you getting so, it? Yeah. So yeah. But where, where I, in your body are you putting it? Um, My left arm, kind of the underneath-ish, like across my bicep. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I'll never have a sleeve, but I am doing all the tattoos on one side. I don't know why. It's just the way yeah. it's working out. <laughs> but yeah, and I was Disco Mr. Rogers this year for Halloween. So it's certainly the uh-huh. year of Mr. Rogers for me, not because of these films, but just because it is. But because you're from Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh. Yeah. One, four, three. One, four, three. Yep. So that's my story. Yep. I didn't say right, coffee. Hey, one, four, three, go drink your coffee. Yeah, one, and... four, three. I need to hop in my uh, magic cone of shower sorcery. <laughs> go get your, get your magic cone on. Go get your magic cone on. Sing. It comes out right. from everywhere, Jason. You better right. sing. You. you better Love you guys. sing. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you, James Pollock. These are amazing poems. They made yes, us all you. better at what we do. All right. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. <laughs> To the moon, Zangzoom, to the moon!
It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood.